Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter-tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media, and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. Already distrust the government? Well, this episode isn't going to make you feel any better. Today, we take a look at MK Ultra, a CIA-backed program that explored mind control of both willing and unknowing participants. Ian's going to try his best not to confuse us as he gives us the detailed history of MK Ultra, how it originated, and what purpose it was set to serve. We'll discuss the torturous techniques used to gain mind control over a person, and yes, once again, talk about hypnosis. We'll discuss its ties to Nazi Germany and Jonestown and how it may have been utilized in some of the biggest political assassinations in American history. Get ready. Today's topic is nuts. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought MK Ultra was the latest version of Mortal Kombat, stick around. Sub-Zero has nothing on these maniacs. This is Necronomapod. There were new revelations today about Cloak and Dagger's spy operations by our side. The CIA director, Admiral Stanfield Turner, met with the Senate Intelligence Committee in a closed session to provide more information about MKUltra. MKUltra is a CIA program started nearly 25 years ago to control human behavior through the use of drugs, electric shock, psychosurgery, and other rather sophisticated techniques. The CIA now says it has discovered documents relating to the program that apparently were not filed in the right place. Acting under the Freedom of Information Act, a former State Department official, John Marks, has obtained a number of other documents on MK Ultra. 
Dave, so I think you and I today are going to have to try really hard to not uh, make this a Jonestown episode or to keep it from becoming a Jonestown episode. You think it's going to lure him in? <laughs> it might. He's ready well, to just go. Just a passing He's reference. salivating <laughs> at just at waiting for that one sentence to come up later in this episode. Jonestown. Jonestown. <laughs> I think we should say, too, that usually I have a good three or four days to put together an outline, and now I've put together one in basically overnight and you you did really well (laughs) very impressive so i'm on like a whole different uh different level with this stuff right now and then that's probably a good thing though because with as many different topics as we're going to kind of slowly a little bit touch on here yeah that didn't give you as much time to dive into the rabbit holes oh yeah of each one of these and then make this you know uh, a five-part episode yeah you were able to kind of briefly get to the points you needed to get to and tell the story yep yeah because this one could easily be uh multiple episodes and this is the first of this kind that we've ever done right we've never done anything quite like this yeah because anytime we've ever talked about the government it's just been ufos you know well this is kind of an original idea i don't you know yeah yeah and it's always just been like oh the government might have covered something up whatever you know but this is 100 percent real yeah, and that's the other thing too. Just I guess to stress off the top, and we'll we'll talk about it. But everything in here has been a hundred percent proven, with the ex- exception of possible assassinations and maybe the Jonestown link. Right. Correct. Everything yeah. else, like this MK Ultra, has been proven as this was an actual thing. Yeah. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is legit. Well, right. since there's a lot of hypnosis in this, are you saying that that's also been proven? That is not. What I, I think said. that's what you just <laughs> said. Not what I said. This program has <laughs> proven to be true. Uh, so let's talk about MK Ultra. All right. Let's jump into it. Project MK Ultra is more commonly known as the CIA Mind Control Program. It was a program that lasted from 1953 and was disbanded in 1973, though people still think that it, that they still do this stuff to this day. What's the MK? Is it mind control, but someone didn't know how to spell? No. <laughs> God damn. We're, now we're going to have to take a Google break. I knew I should have fucking wrote Sorry. it down. <laughs> wow, we're one question in, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Maybe MK stands for Mondays Kinda Suck <laughs> to Record Ultra. The MK means that it was sponsored by the CIA's technical services staff. And then the word Ultra was previously used to designate the most secret classification of World War II intelligence. Oh, so that's pretty pretty specific. Yeah. CIA lingo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of these are, like this one's specific, but the other ones we're going to get into are... Great names. Yeah, no, no rhyme or reason, really. So the project's goal was to develop drugs and procedures that could be used in interrogations and forced confessions through mind control, basically with just for political pur- for purposes, you know, with the Cold War going on and, and things sure. like that. The CIA used multiple forms of torture, mainly the drug LSD, to achieve this mind control. And we'll, we'll get into the methods later. The project also aimed to create an assassin or someone that would be able to carry out other tasks asked of them by the government, and they would not remember that they did it. They would have no knowledge of what so was asked. This is some dark shit. Yeah. So to fully understand Project MKUltra, we have to cover a couple other projects that led to it. Operation Paperclip, Project Bluebird, which was quickly renamed Project Artichoke. <laughs> It's the and, best one. Yeah. And uh, Project Midnight Climax. Now, if you look into any of this stuff, Project Monarch pops up a lot as something, but it's not 
there's no documentation to prove that Monarch even existed. So we're not even going to talk about that at all. We're just going to touch on the stuff that's proven. Proven, yeah, that okay. there's documentation on. And side note about artichoke, the thought or the rumor is is that it's just a joke because this stuff would make people into vegetables sometimes. Uh, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what the total disregard for humanity. Yeah. So with Operation Paperclip, we talked about it briefly with Roswell because that's what a lot of people believe what crashed in Roswell was something that was stemmed from from Paperclip. Operation Paperclip was a secret program that was started in 1945 and carried out by the Joint Intelligence Objective Agency, where after World World War II, we brought over a little over 1,600 Nazi scientists engineers, technicians, to help expand our space program. Uh, Also, side note, the Roswell episode is still available. Go back and listen to it if you haven't checked it out. Mm. Great episode. Yeah, It was a fun episode, yeah. Does that episode need downloads, Mike? Every episode needs downloads, of course. (laughs) But, spoiler alert, we we convinced Ian that it was, in fact, a weather balloon. No. (laughs) It was something from Project Paperclip. (laughs) (laughs) So, download that episode, check it out, and you can come up with your own theory. Let us know what you think. So, but that was mainly what Paperclip was for, was just to reverse engineer Nazi technology at the time, especially their rocket stuff. And it worked, too. What's his, It was uh, Werner Braun. Werner von Braun. Yeah, he got us to the moon. Yeah. Technically, the moon thing should have had a swastika on the side of it. Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In all honesty. Well, that is if you believe we got to the moon. Uh, shout out to Ed. <laughs> our, our friend Ed from Pod Van Dam would argue we have not been to the moon. But I believe that'll be a, a subject we might discuss in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where does Ed think they faked the moon landing? Just some studio somewhere? I, I can't. I don't know. Soundstage? We, I've never really debated it with him. I've just learned that. And I think Angie believes in that, too, that the moon landing did not happen. Really? I think so. We might have to have a special guest for that episode. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she thinks that it didn't happen. Maybe you and I can moderate a debate between Dave and Angie. Yeah. Oh, that would be delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any proof? Is this this old like hey, the shadows hey, don't cast don't give away your playbook properly. yet, man? Yeah. Save it, save it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, not to go on a major tangent, but isn't it the the flag? Isn't it not supposed to have been blowing or whatever? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of the only thing I, that and the shadow, and the, the way the shadow was. I'm not going to claim to know anything about how yeah. gravity and air works on the moon or anything like that. So I don't know if a flag will Well, you and I learn a lot when we listen to that debate. All right. Well, I think the flag thing is due to the fact that the earth is flat. And Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> We're just combining Fair every enough. future episode into this one. <laughs> flat earthers are my favorite. And then Ted Bundy <laughs> the showed best. up and killed everybody. <laughs> I love flat earthers. <laughs> love them. Oh, great. Just wait till I tag them in this episode and then we start getting hate from them. Some fun uh, fun YouTube videos, rabbit holes that go down with flat earth videos. Who's more dangerous to mess with, flat earthers or Scientologists? Like who comes at you harder now when you disrespect them? Like on, on Probably the sl- flat earthers. Yeah? I would say so. Yeah, you're probably right. Paperclip becomes relevant to MK Ultra because not only did we recover the, the the rocket end of technology from from the Nazis, but we recovered a lot of the research that they did on things, and including Joseph Mengele's research that he conducted at the most well known Nazi concentration camp, Auschwitz. 
Mengele, he's most known for the horrific experiments that he performed on prisoners at Auschwitz, mainly children and more specifically twins. He he really had that uh, an obsession with twins. He would just stand outside the train and watch for for twins to right. to come in because people other SS guards started missing or he found out that they were missing twins sometimes coming off the the train. So he went out himself to go watch for them. Was that did that originate? Like, from some occult stuff? Like, where did that twin stuff originate? There's a whole rabbit hole to go down with twins and some of his beliefs and stuff. Well, the Nazi and the occult is something we've talked about covering as well, too. Because there's a whole thing with that. There's a lot of very strange beliefs that that Hitler had. Yeah, I was going to say Hitler was into all that. Yeah. Did we try to recruit Mengele? No, he went to... He got away to South America, but did we... There's suspicions. Hmm. Or that he was actually I thought recruited, you the, and I initially was, thought you were talking about for this show, and I was like, <laughs> "No, if he joined, Mister Muggs would have walked." And so we're obviously keeping Mister Muggs. <laughs> we got contracts with various. That was quite characters. an end around. Well, I think there is uh, there's speculation yeah. that we actually did recruit him. Some people think. So I mean, I wouldn't and put we'll it past us. Touch on him probably as well in the future, right? Do an episode. Yeah, on him. he's on the list. All kinds of spoilers going out today. That's just a terrible story. Yeah, that'll be a hard have, one. Are there, have you guys seen any of the videos of his experiments? Are those online? Don't know if there's videos. I've seen lots of pictures. Uh, when I was, um, I think we've talked about it here on the show before. When I was in Europe for my World War II trip back in college, uh, it was it was some museum. It might have been actually at the Holocaust Museum. And I remember there was like a video of like a, a person in a box. And I don't know if it was Mengele or who it was, but and they were messing with like the air pressure and whatever in the box. And you just see how it, this person's affected by it. Mm. And it's terrifying. It's haunting. That whole museum was sick. Did you go to Auschwitz? I believe that's where I went. Yeah. Yeah. That when we were there, it, this wasn't. This was at an actual museum part, okay. but yeah, actually at Auschwitz, little tongue twister. <laughs> um, but when we were actually there, um, the museum's the place that had the, uh, yeah. the video. The concentration camp was just its own other disgusting yeah. day. Yeah, and that that air pressure stuff is something we're gonna talk about here because yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get to all that. That's, stuff. I won't look up. The, I don't want to find the video. I just didn't know if you guys, if people had seen yeah, it. I've, I've never seen, seen the videos. pictures. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't recommend watching any of it. Yeah. So, like we were just talking about, he used extreme forms of torture, hypnosis, mind altering drugs, and then sexual abuse is another big one that kind of lingers throughout this whole story. But it would make these people programmable, and this is a quote by him: "To fulfill their destiny as chosen ones." Or chosen generations. Whatever that means. <laughs> the belief that he had was that someone subjected to high forms of trauma would disassociate from their original identity into multiple personalities of sorts. So theoretically, when someone goes through these high levels of torture mixed with drugs or hyp- hypnosis, they would unconsciously create a separate identity to deal with the pain blocking the original identity from remembering the pain and torture and they would be able to function in everyday life without knowing what was done to them so and we're not talking just i don't know what you would call standard torture but it's like freezing someone till they're almost dead and then heating them back up drastically completely breaking them yeah 
or drowning, actually drowning someone and then resuscitating them back to life, doing this over and over again. Did you guys see the Bourne identity? I have not, no. No. Kind of what they did to create the Jason Bourne's assassin character, similar to this. Really? I think it was based on this, a lot of the the premise for the movie. Hmm. Isn't that what they did to create Deadpool or Wolverine? Which one of those? Or is that like a mix-up between the two? Where Mm -hmm. they put the adamantium in them in the military installation? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I had to look it up because it didn't seem right. Dachau is where I went. Concentration oh, okay. camp. That's where I was. Much easier to say as well. <laughs> with with this whole theory that, that Mangala had, he also aimed to be able to train these alter egos that a subject would develop. So, for example, when a person reached a state of creating a new identity to deal with the pain, they would then be hammered with the same word or phrase over and over again. And then when this person came out of a torture session with no memory and heard the code later on, it would snap them back into that that split personality or the alternate personality, allowing that person to carry out tasks without the original, their main identity, mm-hmm. knowing anything. So you have a person's alter ego available at will that you can bring them in and out of to carry out yeah. whatever you want to do. And they won't, and they have, won't have any, any memory of it. Yeah, recollection. Right. By just hearing or hearing this word or this phrase or a sound even, like whatever they hammer yeah. into you. Is this based on any scientific evidence? I, I th- wonder. Yeah, I don't know or if it's just based on a fucking nutcase, mm-hmm. you know, just having free will to do whatever he wanted to do and just came up with this idea. Yeah. I don't know. It's a pretty wild thing to even to even think of. Yeah, it's coming crazy up how with. you would get to that, that idea. Paperclip, we grabbed all that information. And with this knowledge, the CIA formed Project Bluebird in 1950. And then, but it was quickly renamed to Project Artichoke in 1951. It literally picked up where Joseph Mengele left off. This, it mainly used hypnosis, forced morphine addiction, followed by forced withdrawals, and the torture techniques to find out if, and this is a quote, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against the laws of nature, such as self-preservation? That's a direct quote from a 1952 memo. Hmm. So suicide missions. Yeah. And you would have no idea that you were doing it. Right. You would just snap into this this alternate state of a personality. Sounds like a movie. Yeah. What's that movie? I don't know. Oh, I'm saying it sounds like a movie. It sounds like the Bourne identity for one. It's exactly what they did to him. Those are the the Matt Damon ones, right? Yeah, they made a few of those. I haven't seen any of those. Yeah. I like Matt Damon too. Every time I think of Matt Damon, I think of Team America when they just shit on him that whole movie for no reason. I don't even understand why they make fun of him that whole movie because he could, he only can say his name and it sounds really. Uh... I forgot about that. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, they just <laughs> shit on him that whole movie. Yeah, I wonder why. I, I have no idea. <laughs> they didn't limit these experiments just to uh, to U.S. citizens. They took these overseas, and a lot of which occurred in South America. And that's where we'll we'll get a Jones Jonestown connection later on. I guess my question would be why didn't they limit it not to U.S. citizens and only do people? From overseas, one of the main things were to do uh, to overthrow to overthrow different governments. I think the CIA was doing a lot of that in the fifties, sixties, like Guatemala, Brazil. They were all over the place. And the Brazil stuff will ties into the Jonestown okay. shit too. 
this project they used a lot of um they used a lot of solitary confinement and then they would give the subjects these cocaine marijuana heroin peyote and mescaline but they eventually found that lsd provided the best results for what they were looking to achieve yeah you don't say yeah isn't there like a cheap wine mescaline or mescal mezcal Maybe that's what it is. I just that's, read this in Bukowski last night. Oh, that's the tequila I, with the worm in it, is mezcal. No, this was like a cheap oh. port wine type. It, it doesn't matter. But it, I almost thought it was the same one. Well, all of our junkie audience can correct us if we're wrong. Not all of our audience are junkie, for the record. <laughs> not He's what talking I said. about our junkies in the audience. Isn't that what I said? Yes, but it took me a while to figure it out, so I just wanted to make sure they were clear. I thought you were just calling our audience junkie. I meant the portion of our audience that, is that are junkies. <laughs> we corrected it. We're good. And, and I, I think I said it earlier, but if I didn't, the people that were being drugged and stuff did not know they were being drugged. So the unknowing subject started with actual CIA agents being drugged. There's some unclassified documents showing that, that there was one agent that had been given constant doses of LSD for up to 77 days, which is held like in a state of... Just tripping. Like locked in a room? Yeah. Unknowing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. In Project Artichoke, it didn't, they didn't stop with just drugs or, or torture. They also experimented with spreading illnesses to people. This is a quote from, from that memo that not all viruses have to be lethal. The objective includes those that act as short-term and long-term impacting agents. Is that incident with the Tuskegee Airmen where they gave them all syphilis? Is that related to this at all? Maybe. Hmm. But did that happen around the same time? Yeah, like right around the end of World War II. Those Tuskegee Airmen in Alabama where they infected a bunch of them with uh, yeah. syphilis. And I think just monitor them, right. monitored them without giving them the penicillin just to yeah, see what would happen. Probably. Probably stems from this in That's some horrible. way or another. The so the CIA they debated heavily like just argued with each other on who would oversee Project Artichoke, but it was decided that a former Army general Paul F. Gaynor would oversee it. Under Gaynor, the project expanded, including quote weaker and quote less intelligent parts of society. This included inmates at prisons, people in mental institutions, homeless people, people from low income neighborhoods. And even veterans and, and POWs, like they, the military was doing this to them, to their own. What a what a great thank you yeah. for your service. Right. So throwaway people. I mean, it's kind of like the we talked about serial killers hunting for fringe throwaway people because no one will miss them. Right. Same yeah. principle here. Yeah, exactly. The CIA believed that they could achieve what Mangla theorized with creating this uh, unknowing personality in someone um, where they could create an unknowing assassin that could assassinate, and this is a, another quote, a prominent, redacted politician, or if necessary, an American official. So there's where you get your thoughts on, like you said in the intro, assassinations right. coming up. Because, I mean, they say it. That's what they were looking to do. Of course. This was... Um this was one of the, the leading conspiracy theories for Robert F. Kennedy assassination um, with Sirhan Sirhan being an, uh, a government assassin who was hypnotized and, and um, made to, you know, kind of have like that that personality where they could say a code word or trigger him and he wouldn't have any recollection of it. Right. Um, and the, he claims to have no recollection of it, right? He claims to have no recollection of it to this day. He has never... Um, 
he he has no remembrance of of shooting Bobby Kennedy or what happened just kind of the hours leading up to it and then the immediate aftermath when he's being tackled to the ground and in every interview he's given since it's been nothing um he's always been calm and collected and and almost appears conf- uh, appeared confused as to you know why he would do something like that um actually the 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 quick story was that he was like 22 years old living in Pasadena, California with his with his family like eight or nine of them I think in in a small home and he was hired by a a guy who owned a private ranch to come ride his thoroughbred horses, which is odd because Sirhan never really rode horses. Um he suffered a few falls and with one of the falls was taken to the hospital. His family says he was gone for 2 weeks, but he was discharged from the hospital in one day. And the people who believe in this conspiracy think that's when he was taken and hypnotized and, and messed with by the government. Um, While he was in the hospital. Well, during those two weeks he was missing right. where he wasn't in the hospital. His okay. family thought he was, but he was out of the hospital in one one day. Um, it turns out then that the, the, the guy who owned the ranch had ties to the mob, who also the mob had a bunch of ties with the CIA, the CIA for a whole bunch of reasons had issues with Bobby Kennedy, including if he would have won the presidency in 68, he might have looked into the CIA as to why his brother JFK was assassinated. So that's kind of the short story on why people think Sirhan might have been one of these these assassins that we we talked about. And if you had to choose someone to fill that role, he's, you know, the perfect person he's the kind of person you would choose right he fits the description right well and he was palestinian and i think kennedy had just uh been in support of sending more uh military force against the palestinians so that was a a a perfect cover to say what he he was um upset about it sounds like the same thing i mean it sounds like what they were at least trying to accomplish what the what he claims right of having no memory but even going the bonus of they even there even is a, a connection with the Palestinian anger. Right. But Sirhan claims to to not have any recollection of it. That's weird. There's a lot of good articles out there, too, and, you know, d- even different books that look into all of this and, and the, the whole Kennedy assassination and all the conspiracies. Um, but that one's pretty interesting to, to read about. It just didn't fit. It never made sense. It, right. And uh, there was there's been a lot put out recently because last year, 2018, was the, what, the 60th? It was 68, so what's the matter? 50th. 50th anniversary of the, the yeah. assassination. So. Can you imagine, though, if they did that to him and he just sat in jail for 50 years? It'd be wild. He's still sitting there not having any any yeah. idea why. Why he would even do that or be there or anything. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if we could do that to Mike? Maybe you know, we could just like have a keyword and he could we could flip him between country Mike. <laughs> Look at that. You could, maybe. <laughs> well, that would country Mike and I guess that's nerd Mike. Yeah. That's all we got so far. I don't know He'd have no recollection of whatever he did. <laughs> I'm more afraid of what Country Mike might do. Send you out into the world being Country Mike. <laughs> country Mike's a terrifying individual. If you've listened to past things he has said. Well, last week Country Mike was fun. A couple weeks before that, not so much. It was terrifying yeah. than the toy box killer. Yeah, the uh, Ed Walters episode. A little more fun. Yeah. So we went over paperclip and them getting that information from the Nazis. And then, like we said, they picked up where Mengele left off with Blue, with Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. And now by 1953, the groundwork had been laid out that LSD was going to be the most effective drug to use. And some of the best methods of torture included... Do it in your sexy mic voice. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Verbal and sexual abuse. <laughs> 
sexy mother. <laughs> and then you want me to read like all these other ones in a sexy voice? I don't think that's going to work. Hung in painful positions. Mm, hung. <laughs> <laughs> Verbal and sexual abuse. Confinement in boxes, cages, or burial in coffins with an air tube for oxygen. Exposure to extreme heat or cold. Spinning. Blinding light. Electric shock. Hung in painful positions. Hunger or thirst. Sleep deprivation. Compressions with weights or air pressure. Application of snakes, spiders, maggots, or rats. Near-death experiences like drowning with immediate resuscitation. Forced to be the one to perform verbal, physical, or sexual abuse on other subjects. Play the same word or phrase over and over again to the subject. Make subject believe that the person administering the torture was in fact God. That's uh, quite a list. Yeah. Did they make anyone listen to Britney Spears or watch NASCAR? Was that on the list? <laughs> well, would they want them to live happy lives? Because <laughs> if so, sign me up. I'll, I'll do this. Just thought you might have left some of the torture off. <laughs> no. So with all this information, the CIA was ready to to broaden this thing and put it under one uh, one operation. And in 1953, they started Project MK Ultra. Before we jump straight into MK Ultra, I would I just want to briefly go over a sub project under MK Ultra that was called Project Midnight Climax, and that's just to show the lengths that the CIA was willing to go out to go to carry out some of this shit. Oh, I thought that was the Britney Spears one, Midnight Climax. <laughs> I'm all in on that one. <laughs> these names that they come up with here. I just want to be the guy working for the government who comes up with the names of these projects. Right. I would I would love to do that. That'd be so much fun. Do we talk about why it's named Artichoke? I think I said in the beginning, but it was a, the rumor is, is that it was a joke because some of these things would turn people into vegetables. That's terrible. See, I wouldn't even want to know what the project is. They're just like, oh, we have a new project. And I'm like, uh, Project Latex. <laughs> project. Uh, Purple Eggplant. There you go. See? See how much fun this is? Mm-hmm. For eight hours a day, you get paid government money to do this? <laughs> Bluebird, I have no idea. And then Paperclip was because they were like paper clipping the new information to existing information. Interesting. Yeah. Really well thought out on that one. (laughs) So Midnight Climax consisted of multiple CIA ran safe houses in San Francisco, Marin and New York City. Prostitutes were brought in and put on CIA, CIA payroll to lure men back to these safe houses for sex where they would unknowingly be drugged with LSD and then monitored behind one-way glass in the room. It looked like a mirror. It looked to them yeah. like a mirror, but it was one-way glass, and there would be CIA agents sitting on the other side monitoring them. So free acid, and they let you bang hookers. Yeah. And you don't know that you're getting... You're, but you don't know. You just right. get dosed, and then they start doing all this <laughs> fucked up... Uh, just these men. I don't know if, these, if it got as intense as some of this stuff, but it's still, you know... This manipulation shit. But so the main goal of this of Midnight Climax was to research forms of sexual blackmail, test surveillance technology, and then also expand on how well LSD would work. There's rumors that some of these, the researching on sexual blackmail, that some of these prostitutes were actually underage. And they would bring somebody in and then hit them with it at the end. Be like, well, you were drugged up and you just had sex with an underage girl, so wow. now you're going to shut the fuck up. Holy cow. Yeah. 
To your own citizens. Yep. In San Francisco, New York, in these areas where they were doing client, midnight climax, they thought that they were having success with what they were doing with these safe houses. So they expanded and took it out into more into the public. And the CIA started drugging unknowing people at restaurants, bars, and some people at beaches that were just hanging out. They would just walk by and just drop this shit into their drink. And you, you would ma- just yeah, start you tripping. Imagine? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Really scary and fucked up. Yeah. And millions of dollars was spent on this. How high up do you think this goes? You think the president knows this is going on? I I don't. I don't. At this time, I don't think so. I think at this time, the CIA was doing a lot of its own stuff and really with no supervision at all because no one knew they were doing a lot of it. And there was very little oversight. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know. No. Good question, though. Hmm. My opinion. Opinion, I, w- I would say the president probably didn't know. It seems like the CIA just had full run to do whatever the fuck they wanted, and they were never yeah. questioned we're by looking anybody. At, looking at you, Eisenhower. I mean, he used him to, to oath to for all the coups and all that stuff, so he was certainly in the loop on some of the stuff. For what? Like the coups that we were talking about earlier oh, in yeah, Brazil right, right, right. and Guatemala. And- yeah, I don't know. We'll see later that President Ford at least acted like he didn't know any of this shit. Or wasn't briefed on any of it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that they want plausible deniability for the president, so. Probably. He probably did not know. Or yeah, they, a good I more of think of it as the CIA doesn't want the president knowing because they don't want it shut down. Like, they want to just do their own thing and not have, have anybody else tell them that it's not morally right or they don't want it on their hands, you know. Yeah. I think they, they just want to do their own thing. Right. I think you're right. There's probably a, a lack of oversight back then, and they were fairly autonomous doing right. whatever they wanted. I think you guys are right. Well, and that's the thing, too, with this. And that's, I mean, I condensed this all down, really, really condensed this down so this wasn't a ton of different episodes. But the MK Ultra stuff, I mean, it spreads out to all kind of different people. Hmm. I mean, there's so many different military names and, and doctors' names involved in this. I mean, it goes. You could sit here and write about it forever. To further this program, the CAA set up front organizations in 80 different colleges, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies. Sometimes top people at these at these locations knew that the CIA was there and, and what they were doing, and others just thought that they were hiring an outside contracted company to complete various tasks, but really it was the CIA conducting MKUltra experiments. Some of them would be like at a at a university. They'd be like, "Oh, well, we want to do a study on something like an outside thing, and then yeah. get permission, and then just bring people in and just completely wreck people doing this shit." Mm-hmm. I don't so, even know what to say about that. Yeah, some notable examples of locations where it's confirmed that MK Ultra tests were done at were Cornell, Duke, Princeton, UCLA, University of Rochester, MIT. Georgetown University Hospital, St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Washington, D.C., Stanford Research Institute, and General Electric. I mean, those are pretty big institutions. Yeah, for them to infiltrate. Yeah, that's a lot of collusion. Yeah. Cornell, ever heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) So how do we know this? Who confirmed all this later on? Documentation. Yeah, the some and we'll get into what happened, but yeah, some of the documentation. There's a there are a ton of MKUltra survivors and deaths that we can go into, but um, for the sake of keeping this one episode, we'll just hit the most notable one 
and the only admitted death by the government uh, by a guy named Frank Olson. As always, there's a really good Mysteries at the Museum episode on this incident. Oh, is there? Yeah. There's an awesome yeah, Netflix good. mini documentary oh, is series. There? I think it's called Wormwood, I believe. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It's a mini series on, on his story. Huh. It's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. I think it's a Netflix original, I believe. Frank Olson was a scientist who had a PhD in bacteriology that he achieved in 1938. Frank was recruited into the U.S. Army Biological Warfare Laboratories. His work included experiments with airborne anthrax and how to make it into a weapon, which is scary as fuck. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after 10 years working under this program, he became the senior bacteriologist and basically oversaw everything that was going on with this program. At some point during his time with this program, Frank was brought into the CIA's technical services staff. TSS was ran by a man named Cindy Gottlieb, who was heavily involved in Project Artichoke and then rolled over into MK Ultra. It's worth noting that the whole time that this has been going on with the CIA, they were experimenting with the LSD itself, trying to figure out the right concoction that worked the best. So this was like heavy duty LSD that would just like fucking knock you out. Mm. And when you say they were testing out like different, uh, different dosages, different delivery methods, same things like, like that. manipulating the, the drug itself. Okay. Like trying to make it more potent. Okay. Hmm. So on November 18th, 1953, and this was at the beginning of MK Ultra, Frank Olson went to a work-related retreat at Deer Creek Lake in Maryland. Frank and some of his co-workers were met with Sidney Gottlieb, his deputy, Robert Lashbrook, and a few others from the CIA. The first day was just business as usual, mm-hmm. typical. They just had dinner, hung out, and discussed discuss work-related stuff. But on the second day, Gottlieb spiked a bottle of triple sec with this beefed-up LSD and made a drink for Frank Olson. Oh, boy. So this guy seems like he'd be a valuable asset, and we kind of seem like we're veering off this, you know, fringe people being targeted. They sacrificed him. Well, I'm sure sure that... um, I mean, I I would assume that to even be an agent in the CIA, you have to be a pretty pretty good at what you do yeah right i mean i would assume and this all started with them dosing cia agents their own that they didn't even know that's how artichoke started so i think from the get-go it was kind of like they didn't give a fuck who they were giving it to and maybe they thought while they're testing they had perfected it and you know so it's time to not just a trial run but to actually kind of create the kind of cia agent that they were yeah planning that's something to that Maybe. And maybe with his knowledge of anthrax and stuff, because he had been working on that for years, maybe they were like, all right, let's try and... Yeah. And they could it. flip the switch, have him, you know, do the anthrax attack, won't remember it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he mm. would make a good asset. Mm. But th- this just completely backfired, and as a result, Frank suffered a, a massive nervous breakdown and was just super paranoid about everything. And a week after the retreat, he quit his job. When he came in to quit his job, the CAA sent him to New York City to see one of their physicians for help, and that doctor was a, a guy named Harold Abramson. So, no surprise, Abramson was also helping conduct MK Ultra experiments. He wasn't even really 
a normal doctor. He was his credentials said that he was a pediatrician and something else that had to do with like botany. It had nothing to do with somebody that would be qualified to okay. see him for a mental right. breakdown. Abramson recommended that Frank be admitted to a mental institution for recovery. After seeing this doctor, Frank went back to the hotel. And on his last night in New York City, according to the police report, he committed suicide by jumping out the the 10th floor window of his hotel room at the Hotel Statler, which interestingly or conveniently, however you want to say it, he was sharing the room there with with Cindy Gottlieb's deputy, Robert Lashbrook. Hmm. So it's quite possible he was pushed off. It's what it looks like. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Well, and then things that have come out later, and I don't want to spoil the Netflix thing or for anybody that wants to watch it or anything. There's things that have come out later that allude to it. There's kind of impossible for him to have jumped out the way that it said it happened. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of seemed like it was a guy that was not thrilled with what happened to him and knew about it and quit and was trying to get away and. They're like, yeah, we're not going to have that. Yeah. (laughs) Fast forward to 1973, due to panic caused by Watergate. I don't know. Do either of you guys want to describe Watergate? Is it worth doing for younger listeners? Go ahead. Five burglars broke into the DNC headquarters in Washington, D.C. at the Watergate Hotel to try to get dirt on the Democratic Party in the election year or leading up to the election. And uh, there was a big cover-up, and Nixon ended up resigning. Incidentally, fun fact on that, Nixon was quite a popular president before that and won the 72 election in a huge landslide. So none of it was even necessary. Was so paranoid with wanting to win (laughs) re-election that they, you know, he allowed these crimes to be committed. Yeah, I I didn't know if that was worth for the younger listeners out there. Sure. Yeah, that's the short version. I love my presidential history. I know, yeah, you do. That's why JFK episode will be led by you. Ooh, I don't know if I know my JFK assassinations, but all right, I'll dive into that. So due to panic that caused by Watergate and investigations into that, CIA director Richard Helms ordered all of the MKUltra files to be destroyed, this making it impossible to ever launch an investigation into what they were doing. In December of 1974, the New York Times ran a report with claims of the CIA's mind control experiments This caused congressional investigations to begin in the form of the Church Committee and the Rockefeller Commission. Why was it called the Church Committee? Was that someone's name? It's the guy's last name. Usually with those committees and commissions, I feel like it's always someone's name. They don't have a department like us to come up with names for their committees. It would be cool (laughs) if they did. The the Barstool Committee. (laughs) The Clorox Wipes Committee. (laughs) They're sitting behind Ian. That's why I saw them. In the summer of 1975, the Church Committee and the Rockefeller Commission revealed to the public that the CIA and the Department of Defense had conducted these experiments on both willing and unwilling U.S. citizens. They also acknowledged that they had proof of one death that resulted from MKUltra, which was Frank Olson. And like we were saying before, you can bounce back and forth. You can speculate if he was actually pushed out the window or committed suicide himself. But the the fact is that he had a nervous breakdown from the shit that they did to right, him. Right, either way. Yeah. So Frank's family filed a, uh, a wrongful death suit against the CIA, which they settled out of court for $1.2 million, And it was later reduced to 700000 And the family accepted, accepted the 700000 
They also received a public apology from President Gerald Ford, who also signed an executive order to stop the CIA from conducting drug-related experiments on unwilling subjects. You wouldn't think you'd need an executive order to ban that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, yeah. It also was for drug-related experiments. To to unwilling people. So you can still do it to willing people. But it still didn't touch any of the torturing experiments. No. Or it was a really half hypnosis experiments. Yeah, if you just saying, if you read the the exact quote from him, it's pretty half assed. Mm. The wording of the executive order, yeah, Ford. Yeah, it's not very. uh, Well, he probably had some schmuck intern writing it anyways. When they know, it's kind of more of a let's make the Olson family happy. We won't ever. Let's just make it a political thing. Yeah, but that's interesting though. You, I mean, as the president. What knowledge was he privy to then that stopped him at only doing it half-assed? I mean, maybe why not? If you were really against it, why not just go all in and say, no, none of this is going to happen? Maybe they showed him some form of proof that it was what they were doing was working on some form. Maybe they had video of President Ford doing LSD and banging hookers. Maybe they got him with Midnight Climax. Exactly. That's what his goal was, to do shit like that. Dave, you're just ragging on him because he played football for Michigan. So in 1977, it was revealed by Stansfield Turner, who was then the director of the CIA, that 20,000 MK Ultra related documents survived that 1973 purge because they were filed incorrectly. The Senate Select Committee on Intelligence pulled these remaining files from filing a Freedom of Information Act, but it was a big fight between them and the CIA. The CIA did not want to give these up. Oh, I bet. So it's from those two, uh, those twenty thousand documents is where they know what institutes that they were working in, because those were mainly financial documents that had like a paper trail of them going to Duke and sure. Cornell and stuff. But there was a big New York Times story too, right? Right, that was in '74. That kind of sparked this whole thing. Okay, that sparked everything getting investigated. God, I would imagine what was in all those, all the shredded paperwork. Oh, you'll yeah. never get to read. Yeah, that's the thing is, I mean, twenty thousand documents. That's like, I mean, you're talking about yeah. like a twenty year project here. That and yeah. twenty thousand documents. Twenty thousand documents is maybe six months of that, <laughs> if that. If that, yeah. probably a week. In all honesty, mm-hmm. for how big it was going across the yeah, whole sure. world, right? Yeah, you're right. So the the CIA they insist that none of these experiments actually worked and held no significant scientific, you know, um, value. Yeah, value. Except that, we except we kept doing it for twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> It's a huge failure. Yeah, in the and they say that it's been shut down. But I mean, if it if it worked, they wouldn't tell you if it worked. Right? They wouldn't be like, oh yeah, we we were able to create this yeah. this unknowing assassin. And right. notably, there's a Canadian investigative journalist named Elizabeth Nixon, and she's written extensively on MK Ultra. And through her her writings and her research, she believes that she has proof that it still exists to this day under a different name. And also there was a guy named Victor Marchetti who held several different positions at the CIA. And in 1992, after he resigned, he said that the CIA regularly conducts disinformation campaigns regarding MKUltra and that mind control experiments still continue. I don't doubt that for one second. I have... No, I don't... Yeah. So no one was ever charged. No one ever went to prison. No one was ever held accountable no. for any of this. I still think there's probably not a lot of oversight with the CIA. 
when shit hit the fan, I know Cindy Gottlieb, he acted like he never even heard of MK Ultra. I bet. He's like, I don't even know what you guys are talking MK, about. MK what? What? <laughs> Come again? Did anything ever happen to this Victor Marchetti guy? Not that I know of. I don't know. He didn't like suddenly die or anything that I don't know. would cause suspicion. I guess I could have looked into him more and see if see if he was uh if he disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth or what happened to him. But I mean and we we know from um Edward Snowden, some of the stuff that he leaked, that there's sure. there's a PowerPoint and one and some of his stuff that details how to conduct the disinformation campaign. Mm-hmm. It's hmm. but I mean they do it constantly. So, you know, Scary stuff here. Yeah. You guys ever see the movie Wag the Dog? Where they start the the, the war fake in war. Albania. Yeah. Or to get to get the yeah. president's uh uh polling numbers up. <laughs> yeah. They 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 spread all they they start the government just fakes a war to like the press and to the American people just to get the president's ratings up and it just shows how the government can control yeah. what people think. It's Who's really good. De Niro? De Niro and uh Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, yeah. yeah. It's really and Woody yeah. Harrelson plays the the uh the prisoner of like the the hero the, okay, the, the yeah. yeah who they just got I think like out of a prison or something like he was just some like not mentally stable man that they just yeah, got to, to play remember, the hero. I remember it was good. I only saw it one time but I really enjoyed it. It's just it's scary how they can manipulate the people like that. And the disinformation stuff's big in the UFO things too. The what uh Richard Doty the the ex agent said mm-hmm. what did he say 10 percent's real 80 percent's not and usually it's the craziest shit that's the real stuff because then you wouldn't believe it right i don't know how much truth there is of that but he was an ex disinformation agent that's what he says that's an interesting story yeah we'll we'll get into him one day too all right we're going to talk about some other things that will fit right into things we have talked about in the past and some upcoming topics how they tie into mk ultra right after this Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology. Discover the best way to avoid the shave. So first we'll we'll talk about Ted Kaczynski, um, also known as the Unabomber, who he's on our list for a future episode, but he ties into MK Ultra. There's not an official government document that says that he was a test subject of MK Ultra, but it's widely accepted that he really was a subject of the program. As a sophomore at Harvard, Ted willingly participated in a psychological study that was proposed to him by a Harvard psychologist, Henry Murray. The study was sold to Ted as something that above average students would participate in, but in reality it was an MKUltra experiment in breaking down a person's ego. Uh, in total, Ted spent 200 hours in this study, and it's thought that that could have played a major role in his crimes that he committed later and like his views on the government and everything. So if it's not documented, where how do we know this? He is the one that initially said that he was part of this study really? at Harvard. So they just kind of matched up the study that he says he was a part of with right. testing that had already previously been done. And this Henry Murray, this psychologist, was linked in with MKUltra. And then there's... um. I can't think of his name, but there's an investigative journalist that did that wrote a book on it hmm. and, and dug into 
you know, what they did to him. It was him and 22 other students. In the documents that were recovered, their names weren't listed, but it's they were just given like these one word code names. It's kind of been ironed out that Ted's was lawful. Hmm. Was his code name for that? Not hmm. kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a shame to think about, you know, such a smart guy, what he could have done, you know, with his life and what he could have been had he not been a part, uh, maybe, of this experiment. Because Ted Kaczynski was a guy who had one sixty-something level IQ. Yeah, genius. And you know, so maybe, and maybe they did. They fucked his whole it's life. It's a shame up. that they, you know, broke down his ego, or you know, allegedly, if they did, yeah. like you know. You're taking these aren't like we talked about the throwaways of society anymore. These are people mm-hmm. that are really going to do something really smart individuals. So Harvard wasn't on the list when we talked about the infiltration. Yeah, earlier. I didn't include. I should I should have thrown them on the list. Oh, okay. But they yeah, they they were tied in. According to him, it was a lot of like the the bright light, like the flashing images, like the verbal put downs, like just really intense imagery like being strapped there and having this stuff hit you in the face like all this flashing images and and like negative words and just really intense for 200 hours yeah Mm. and how he was proposed it was like when he wanted to leave it was told to him by this this henry murray guy that like no you need to come back it'll this will be good for your uh for your future in college and stuff like yeah that's how ted says it and I mean, from everything else that's uncovered, I mean, I wouldn't put it past any of this, you know. Right. And I think there's enough proof that you could say that he was involved in it, at least to some degree. And we know what the end result is. Yeah. All right, Ian, we'll give you 10 minutes. <laughs> Ready, go. All right. The other big one is Jonestown. I've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, parts one, two, and three currently available in our archives. Go check them out. All, uh, all ready to be downloaded, and uh, Ian's favorite subject. They're pretty in depth. Yeah, so I mean, if you if you haven't listened to those, none of this is going to make any sense to anybody. So if you haven't listened, pause and go back to. Uh, there you go. Pause and go back through <laughs> three and a half hours worth of episodes. <laughs> yeah, it was like solid like five hours yeah. altogether. And then oh, and so welcome back. Right. You listen to Jones Tarns Part One, <laughs> Two, and Three. So I went and I didn't go like crazy in depth with this stuff because I do want to do a full episode on theories that involve Jonestown. But so Jim Jones had a childhood friend and someone he stayed in close contact with over the years named Dan Mitrioni. There's no way to dispute their friendship that it didn't last over the years because Jim talks about him multiple times on the tapes that were recorded at Jonestown. You mean when Jim is just sitting up there high as fuck, <laughs> rambling into a microphone about anything and everything, <laughs> talking about uh, asking people how they'd kill uh, Tim Stone and mm-hmm. whatever random shit he was talking about? Ugh, brutal. Dan Mitrioni ended up becoming an FBI agent and then working undercover with CIA agents in MK Ultra style torture ch- techniques in South America. Mainly, he was teaching people how to use these techniques in the government coups. Hmm. Well, this is an interesting link already. Yeah. So those two are friends. If we remember, I think it's part one of Jonestown. Jim just up and left the U.S. to head down to South America in 1960 looking for a place to escape nuclear war. That's where uh, he said the woman wanted to pay him uh 
five grand a banger. Yeah, right? yeah, I and remember. He, that's right, and he did it to for the sake for the of cause. the cause. That's right, <laughs> right. And he donated it to an orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> so in Chicago, a passport was issued to Jim Jones on June twenty eighth, nineteen sixty. But then there was another one issued to him in Indianapolis on January twentieth, nineteen sixty two. It's confirmed that Jim was in Guyana for the first time in sixty one, but he kind of goes dark for like six months and no one knows what he was doing during that six months. But at the time of the second passport being filed in Indianapolis in 62, the Brazilian federal police records show that Jim Jones and his family was arriving in San Paulo via airplane using that pass, using the passport that was issued in 1960 and then made their way to Belo Horizonte. Jim's in two places at one time. Right. Who is the assassin that had that? Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald? Yes. There's for, connection. For Kennedy? Yeah. Then there's Jack- some connections of him being in two different places, like records of him being in two different places at two different times, I believe. I would have to look more into that. Like I don't- on the grassy knoll and in the book Depository Building? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I've not heard that. Or if I did, I don't recall that. I think so. I think that's what I read. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in that episode then. When Jim made his way to Belo Horizonte, Dan Mitrione was living there at that time conducting these uh, these undercover operations. And it's confirmed by Jim in his recordings at Jonestown that they regular, regularly saw each other and, and hung out and, and got together for dinner and shit. Mitrione was relocated to Rio about eight months later and then... Jim ended up moving to Rio as well and living in the same neighborhood as Mitrioni. They continued to hang out and, and socialize in Rio. And then Jim got a job doing commission sales for a company called Invesco, which is suspected to be a CIA front, like one of those front things that they were setting up all over the place. Yeah. So Jim's kind of following this Mitrioni guy around who's a, a documented CIA person right. involved in, in MK Ultra stuff. Going back to Jonestown, we talked about in part three, all the, the tortures, the, the you know, all his punishments, like the deprivation box, um, the beatings, the drugging people, where they would put them in the uh, the special care unit, where they would just drug you and, and you would be, mm-hmm. you know, that would be that. The thought is, is that Jim was either recruited by Dan Mitrioni into the CIA during his time in Brazil to participate in MKUltra. Or he was manipulated by Dan Mitrioni and was a subject of MKUltra himself. And it was just a mass. But either experiment. way, he learned these techniques quite possibly. 100% because he he went to hmm. Brazil. And before he went to Brazil, he was manipulative, you know. But there wasn't anything crazy off the rails when he came back. That's when shit got nuts. Hmm. It's coincidental, if nothing else. And there's a lot, there's a lot more to it, but I just yeah, that's a teaser for another time. Yeah, but there, there's a lot to that. And then there, you know, what's interesting too is that the CIA did open up a file. It's recorded that there was a file on Jim in 60, 1960 that was opened, and then Dan Mitrioni was killed. I can't remember exactly what year he was killed, but when he was killed, Jim's CIA file was purged completely. Hmm. As soon as Mitrione di- Mitrioni died, his whole file was just wiped. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting, yeah. Huh. It's plausible. Yeah. Yep. 
also interesting is that it, Jim was admitted to a mental institution for treatment. Can't remember the name of it. We'll get into it in a full episode. But he, it's they've never released the file why he went there, what he was treated for, or anything. But that hospital has connections to MK Ultra from the twenty thousand documents. Right. All the survivors of Jonestown, when they were to be treated, they were flown right to that hospital to be treated. Hmm. It's a lot of connections. Yeah. It's yeah, it's weird. Is. And then the other connection to Jonestown is Leo Ryan. Leo Ryan was the congressman that went down there to investigate, and he uh, he was going hard on the CIA at this time to try and figure out what they were doing, and it was specifically with the 1977 MK Ultra documents that were found that the CIA was not wanting to give up. Leo Ryan got involved with a former inmate of the Vacaville prison named Donald DeFreeze, who was a, a test subject of MK Ultra. A month after Leo Ryan started his investigation into Donald DeFreeze, he was killed at Jonestown. So the thought was that getting rid of Leo Ryan would take some heat off of MK Ultra because he was the biggest advocate for just completely disbanding the overreach that the CIA had. And there's more huh. that goes into it because there's a guy named Richard Dwyer that escorted Leo Ryan there as a U.S. consulate. And it came out years later that he was actually a CIA agent. Hmm. And there's, oh, I'm not, I'm not saying anymore because I'll just go off on a tangent. <laughs> but there's, yeah, it's a very, uh, it's a very. There's a lot of coincidences with Jonestown yeah. with the CIA. I see. So other than this, this MK Ultra one with Jonestown, there's a whole bunch of other theories out there. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's gonna be a, a thick episode. Yeah. Jonestown just, Part Four. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was telling Dave when while the we hidden were, tapes <laughs> last night. I was because I was sitting by myself doing this, and I was getting to that point where I just needed to like say what I'm thinking out loud. And I tried to talk to Angie. She didn't give a fuck about what I was saying <laughs> at all. She was laying in bed, and I'm like, the CIA knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> So, yeah, but I mean, and there's there's other ones. There's the I mean, there's the guy from the Grateful Dead. He was a willing participant in MK Ultra. Really? Mm-hmm. Jerry Garcia? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Dude, I love that ice cream. Oh. Yeah, there's interviews. Jerry Garcia, isn't that what it is? <laughs> yeah, there's interviews with him talking about it. He was like, I'm just try- I was just trying to figure out why the hell the government was paying me to take LSD. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is too good to be true. Yeah. There, there's some, there's, and then the guy that wrote um the the bird who flew over the cuckoo's nest. Is that the right? The book? Yeah. Is that one the right title? Over one the one flew over the, nest. yeah, he was a willing uh, subject of MK Ultra huh. too. Yep. So, oh, shit. Yeah. And the parts, or you know, the info that you do know is probably you know two, three, four, five percent of the whole story. Yeah, twenty thousand documents, yeah. and then everything else is just what has been uncovered mm. from investigating things. But yeah, it's a crazy story. Yeah, it's out there. It's scary what the government's willing willing to do to people. Sorry. Yeah. Especially your own citizens. But I guess to have credible assassins like that was seems like the end goal. You'd have to use your own people. Hmm. Yeah, this is, this was a scary subject just Man. because we know it happened. We know it's real. And, uh, you know, we just don't know how, how deep it went and what, what, you know, how many lives were lost because of this or lives ruined. Yeah, but, I mean, and there's a lot of... There's like six or seven people that I can think of that are like have detailed stories that you can go into about how their lives are ruined. But like I said, it'd be tons of that. You could do an episode on each person probably. Right. 
So I mean, there's lots of accounts of it out there ruining people's lives and everything. Hmm. It's not very nice. <laughs> nope, not at all. Nope. So Ian, anything else to close in on uh, MK Ultra, Jonestown, anything else you want to get out there? No, nothing else. Hopefully we laid this out in a not so confusing way. You made it make sense the, to With me, all the tie-ins. So. Our listeners are very bright individuals. I'm sure <laughs> I they can so. follow along. They're going to dig this. Dave, you got anything else to add to this one? No. Crazy story. All right. Uh, shout outs? Uh, just have one iTunes shout out for for Liz Mack. Thank you for the awesome review. I know she's always commenting on yeah, on Instagram stuff. So Instagram fan of us. It kind of sounds like she made an iTunes account just to just to leave a leave a review. So and Thank she's you. going through a tough time now with the Capitals getting eliminated from the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> so it's still nice of her to shout us out like that. So we feel your pain. Um, all right, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Necronomapod. Um, leave us a review on iTunes, like Ian just said, and we'll give you a shout out. Uh, it really goes a long way to uh, help us get noticed on iTunes and hopefully get back on some of the uh, top or trending lists. And uh, or just just reach out to us on one of the socials and let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any requests. Um, we, we, we always keep a running list of upcoming topics. So hit us up. We'd love to hear from you guys. Are you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. Let's go.